All right, welcome to another episode of the Final Percent Podcast. And today I have the honor and pleasure and privilege. I almost put pleasure and privilege together. I'm probably going to have to invent that word later because that's truly what this guy is. This is Indiana Ullman, Zach Ullman, the man, the myth, the legend, the world traveler just in from Albania, currently in Costa Rica. I'm about to see him because we are going to jam at a leadership retreat in an organization that we hold near and dear to our heart. But Zach, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart from taking time out of your day. I'm sure you're jet lagged so that you can come and just be a part of my community and share some of your wisdom. So thank you so very much. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me, man. And anytime around you, it doesn't matter how much sleep I have. I just get excited. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's like, you know, I, uh, we spent two days, we, we were in a, a wedding in Albania that lasted till 6 a.m. on Sunday morning. <laughs> then we hop on a plane for 25 hours of travel to Costa Rica and I'm still getting my, my body still trying to figure out what day and time and country I'm in. But uh, no matter any of that, I'm jacked to be here with you. man. Yeah. So thank you for the opportunity. It's, it's really interesting when, so anybody out there who doesn't believe in the law of attraction, you know, Zach and I are absolute empirical data that it exists because from from the the moment that we ended up in Africa together, which is a whole nother backstory, but the moment we ended up in Africa together, it was it was a little bit like we were those correctly polarized magnets that just kept drawing in and we kept getting into these conversations. We kept sitting next to each other, having these wonderful, you know, I love conversations that go deep instead of wide and we would find ourselves in the best of rabbit holes in philosophical things, business things, personal growth things, marriage things, travel things. And it was just really, really fun to pick your brain. So, you know, one of the things that I'm going to just start off with, we're going to do kind of interview style here. Um, we both have a an absolute love of personal growth and personal development. And, you know, you are, you know, spearheading a team that's, you know, certainly in the hundreds, probably the thousands. And a lot of people look to you for leadership. Um, they look to you to set the example. And that's one thing that I talk a lot about with so many other people that are on my podcast or when I'm doing my personal growth seminars is if you're a leader, you can't be one of those people who say, do as I say, not as I do. And you absolutely set the tone and you are an example. But with that, it's sometimes it feels, okay, we've got the weight of the world on our shoulders. There's a pressure that comes along with that. So I just love to kind of hear your thoughts, your mindset, and your heart behind, you know, servant leadership, example-led leadership, and just some of your principles on, on leadership so that other people who are looking to build a team or whether they're just trying to lead themselves, their family, or maybe they're a newly uh, a, a manager at McDonald's. It doesn't matter. These things really, really reach everywhere where leadership is present. So I just love to hear your thoughts on leadership and personal growth and development together. I, I man, I could talk forever on this, but I love this. And you know, I was thinking of you know, I'm going to get a little bit of airtime down at this leadership conference that we're at, and I always like to be intentional with everything I do. And, and one of the things that I've woke me up, I remember the day, the second, the, the, the smell in the air, the, the feel of the sun on me when I, when I hired my first personal development coach mm -hmm. and he, I, I actually paid him money. It was like for his opinion on what I should do. And he just laid into me and I've never been talked to like that. And it was uh, to this day, one of the best lessons I, I've ever, ever had. And it's about responsibility. Yeah personal responsibility. And so I believe personal responsibility coupled with intention is two of the most powerful things anybody can have. Because whenever I'm getting coaching from, you know, I have multiple different coaches, I don't get the opportunity to point the finger at anyone else. Mm. Right? Even if I want to, 
I, I know I just go on that call and I, and I hate pressing the send button when I call my coach because it's the most uncomfortable thing I've ever had to do is get coaching to actually deal with myself. And so that's, that's what I really want to instill with, with people is if you take personal responsibility for everything in the world, even the stuff that you don't think you're responsible for, it gives you the power to do something about it. Mm. And so, you know, as I, and this really hit home when I was down in, uh, I was in the Brazilian rainforest on a three day, so, uh, uh, a three, three day survival uh, trek where they literally, I go out into the uh, Amazon rainforest with a pocket knife and two guides. And we, we sleep under the stars and it's scary and it's exhilarating. I caught a crocodile. And we, we just do this crazy fun stuff. I asked them what, where's this rainforest problem? You know, I'm like, okay, you know, like this we're supposed to have a problem down here. And he told me the rainforest problem. And this was like one of the real conversations I had with myself is what if I took responsibility for saving the rainforest, right? Mm. Instead of tell, telling everyone else what the problem was, what if I took personal responsibility for feeding all the uh, uh, hungry people? What if I took personal responsibility for housing the homeless people, right? What if I personally took responsibility to end human suffering? And it was like, oh my gosh, like then I could actually do something about it as opposed to blame somebody else for it, right? Because that's the easy part. And so personal responsibility and then intention. And this is something my one of my coaches just drills into me. She goes, every time I get on a coaching call, Zach, what's the intention of this call? What do we want to do? Because I see far too many times people, they just talk, they, they ramble with zero intention. I, I, I do this myself, right? But when I surround myself with people that are intentional as well, so much can get done in 20 minutes. So Amen. much can get yeah. done. And so you, you add personal responsibility with that power of intention. Anything's possible. Yeah. But then, right, then we need to get in a program and we need to surround ourselves with people that remind us to stay in those contexts, the, the yeah. context of, of personal responsibility and intention. Yeah. And then it's like rocket fuel, man. Wow. That's see, this is I, I knew this. Yeah, You know, I'm just going to make a proclamation right now. Zach is going to be a reoccurring guest on the final percent podcast <laughs> because, you know, it's, it's so funny, just full disclosure, guys, when we got on this call, you know, I, I always give everyone the same thing. I say, is there any areas that you want me to stay away from? Is there anything that you want me to promote for you and help you out? Because I want to be respectful of their time. Um, and, you know, Zach says, you know, just interview me. Everything's on the table. Let's rock and roll. We're cut from the same cloth. And we just pressed record. And I didn't even tell him what I had written down that I wanted to go over. And he was just game. He's ready to go and just having personal development and growth and leadership be one of his number one pillars. And then that I love the take personal responsibility uh, for that. And, you know, one thing actually heading over to Africa, I negotiated myself out of business class and into first class on the way over there. And much to Bob Tierney's dismay, because we were going to sit together, but I mean, if they're going to give me free first class, I might as well take it, right? Totally. And so, so one of the things that I loved, the, the, it was the Lufthansa, the German airline, and the flight attendants would walk up and say, and this just, it hits so much different. They looked at me and they said, hi, my name is whatever. And they said, your happiness is my responsibility. And I was like, I don't, that's like, what? Taking responsibility. That's something that I think Americans are lacking a little bit these days. They don't want responsibility for anything. And throughout the flight, so many times are your needs being attended to because it is my responsibility to make sure that you are having a pleasant fight flight. Am I uh, meeting your needs? And I was like, yeah, yes. Like, extraordinarily so basically just by this statement me knowing that you're there for me and you have responsibility and i just thought that that was so interesting that i actually installed that when i came back to my team and i said here is your responsibility here's your responsibility for our clients and when you communicate with them it is my responsibility to get you scheduled with Greg, it is my responsibility to get this across the finish line. It is my responsibility to deliver this piece of content. Am I meeting those needs? Because some your your ownership changes 
when you say this is my responsibility. So it's so interesting that I did not tell you that story. And it's something that you brought up and I just implemented. So it just just means I'm at the right place at the right time. I absolutely love <laughs> we're, that. We're vibing, man. We're vibing. We are vibing. Absolutely. So the next place I want to take this, um, this is probably the biggest thing that is near and dear to my heart in entrepreneurship um, and in watching from an observer's point of view. And that is watching a husband and wife work their business, work together, live life together. And when we were in Africa, I got to watch you and your wife live life together. And it was one of the most magical things. And honestly, I don't run into it very often on on watching people that really remind me of myself and my wife. And it was so fantastic how in tune you guys are, complimentary, but still very independent. You're together, but you're your own. It's just so cool. So, you know, where I want to take this next is, you know, some of your marriage principles when you have to coexist in entrepreneurship, because I think that there are three levels of business people. There are entrepreneurs, there are intrapreneurs, and there are entrepreneurs. And I, it's really fun to watch real entrepreneurs in marriage because I've seen so many people, you know, think that entrepreneurship is easy because they think it's sexy. They watch social media and they see Gary Vaynerchuk and and, and Grant Cardone and Dave Ramsey. And they're like, oh my God, I want to do that. That looks, that, that looks fun and sexy and exciting. And then they don't realize it's like way more work than you realize. And so a lot of entrepreneurs that's how everyone kind of starts out they are married and it starts creating discord what are some of the things that you do with your wife to help you guys effectively communicate and be the amazing team that i got to watch in africa so first off uh we both have coaches one-on-one -on -one where we take responsibility for every problem right uh, you know, it's, it could be the same problem, but she's responsible for it. And so am I. That's how our coaches coach. And then we actually have uh, partnership coaches, like where we're both on the call. Oh, right. Great. Right. And so it's like it's, it's you know, we're, we're, we're able to communicate because sometimes, you know, we, we just get frustrated with each other, especially when we're trapped. We spent the last two and a half years on the road traveling all over the world. And it's like her and I, it's the only, it's the majority of our time are together. Yeah, And so uh, we, we have partnership coaching. Uh, some people call it mar marriage counseling, whatever the word is, right? But it focuses on what do we want to do as a unit, yeah, right? As a unit. And then from that, this is one of the most powerful, the most powerful thing is we have agreements, right? Mm -hmm. And so we have agreements around communication. We have a, agreements around, uh, you know, how do we interact with each other? I have agreements that my dirty clothes go in the hamper. <laughs> I have a, like anything that drives her nuts. We have a conversation about it. I say, okay, what's the agreement that we can create so it doesn't drive you nuts? And then the things that I have that, you know, that impact me over here, I say, okay, hey, let's create an agreement around this. And it's literally, it's like, it's a contract between, you know, in that format, we have business, relationship, communication, romance, uh, the whole avenue of it. And, uh, and so that way we say, Hey, Zach, you just broke this agreement. Ugh. All right. So sorry. I'm going to work on doing it better next time. Mm -hmm. And so that way we don't get in. Cause she is, a she's, Oh my God. I, when I, I created it through a personal development program, I said, I want a woman that wants to be with me, but doesn't need to be with me. Yeah. I want a woman that's strong and independent. Like, and so I created her and Oh my God, she's everything I wanted. But at the same time, like she's a very strong woman. That and, is an and so, understatement. Yeah. I got to see <laughs> action. She is yeah. the person. She's awesome, man. Right. And I'm not going to tell her to do anything. And she's not going to tell me to do anything because I'm a very strong person. And yeah. so when you have two powers like that, I mean, it's it, if we don't manage it, oh, my gosh, we can be at each other's throats all day long. And so those agreements allow us the the baseline on how to how to do everything and, yeah. and and when we have a breakdown where we get frustrated at each other or whatever it is we just either look back do we have an agreement around that that we just are out of alignment 
or should we make a new agreement? Wow, and, helpful. you know, one, one of the things like traveling that we just spent, so we were, uh, we, we were at Albanian wedding. It was Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday till six in the morning on Sunday. We got a little bit of sleep, hopped on an airport, went from Albania to Istanbul to Miami to Costa Rica. We almost missed two flights because there was the, like just chaos, no sleep. And it was very easy to get irritated at each other. And so we, we, through one of our coaching calls is we've created a context of here we go again. And then we just start like, it's like, we're not going to trash our life over this, but yeah. you got to wake yourself up to it because yeah. our default wants to go to the ir irritated sign. Mm -hmm. So we got to be present enough to be like, Oh, here we go again. It's starting. Yeah. And then we just stop. Right. That's sort of like the, the training us like to stop and just, you know, cool out or laugh sometimes we just start laughing like oh my gosh we're gonna we're gonna start fighting over this we yeah. just start laughing but we need that trigger word of here we go again oh, and so good. that just makes all the difference oh that's good man I, I i love that i love that so um you know one of the one of the things that uh kayla and i do is our our trigger phrase is i'm sorry for being a turd because <laughs> so, i mean think about it no one no one can say the word turd seriously i just said turd and you immediately laughed right so, um, immediately. It's, it's so good but it's just sometimes you know when i get frustrated or i'm trying to play the wrong role so like if i'm like doing the hard charging ceo and then i try to talk to kayla like that she she's like really like who who are you talking to i'm not an employee and i'm like I am sorry for being a turd and it just immediately dissolves it because there's, there's no reason to, to spend any time trying to codify what just happened. No, I just, I made a misstep. Let me admit that so that I can say sorry and then let's move on. And, you know, we just, we have a lot of fun in a very similar way to where, you know, sometimes, especially if someone's in like mid, Hey, you messed up. And they're like, like really trying to get ready to give you the business and you can just immediately dissolve their anger by look i am sorry for being a turd and they're like okay cool let's let's keep it moving <laughs> that's that's what i've learned is like don't give them anything to press against yeah, yeah. like i i remember one of my first uh, i was gonna quit a, i was in a very intense program uh -huh. and uh it was uh through landmark uh, uh -huh. it was like six months long and i was it was it was intense and i was just exhausted and i wanted to quit and they came in and my coach, she was on the phone for like an hour and a half. She's like, you've got to get to the Saturday training. I'm like, no. And I finally, she finally said, okay, you can quit. Just come in and tell the head coach, like the person leading it. And I go in there and I tell her, she goes, oh, you can quit. Like gave me nothing to push against. Right. She goes, uh, you're just going to have to be responsible and tell the hundred and some odd people in your program that you're quitting. I'm not going to do your busy, uh, do your dirty work for you. Mm. And I was like, Oh my God, it was the first time I realized just don't give anybody something to push against. Yeah. And then it just, it, the fight just goes to nowhere. Yeah. Right. Cause, exactly. cause there's not, you're, you don't fight them. Exactly. And so, yeah. yeah. And I think, and I think that's what people do is I love this, the saying it's better to be kind than right. And, you know, so many people are just so focused on, well, I'm right. And I need to prove that. And it's just, it's just a little, it gets a little silly on things that you need to be right about um, on, on, on both sides. And, and sometimes depending on whether you're looking from the past, the present or the future, you were right and then wrong and then right again. So it, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day, like we've got you know, what, 14 billion years of the universe existing, we're going to be here for 75 to 100. Uh, I think we're, we're meant to be here and have fun and experience life, not, you know, get into these regretful moments or anxiety driven moments or depression moments. So, you know, that's why I focus so much on being extraordinarily present with people. So because I, I, I find so often people are trying to launch their future from the future. If this happens, then I, I'll take advantage of this. If this happens, then I'll start cleaning up my my dirty dishes. If this happens, then I'll put my my clothes in the hamper. And it was interesting. We were doing a couples intensive um, up in Vail about two, three years ago. And it was so interesting because I had said on stage, we were doing a couples panel. I, I had said on stage saying, you know, sometimes I don't like for whatever reason, my dirty clothes will literally be two feet from the hamper. 
I don't understand where the disconnect is, but sometimes that happens and it does get frustrating for Kayla. And I'll never forget this moment. And this is why I love Kayla is an incredible woman's coach, um, incredible speaker in her own right. And so we were talking about our marriage and, and one woman raises her hand and she, it was weird because it was like, she was trying to put discord between Kayla and I, and she says, Kayla, how does, how does that make you feel when Greg disrespects you like that? When you've asked him to put stuff in the hamper, how does that make you feel when he disrespects you, doesn't do what you say and doesn't this? And she thought for a second and I was about to chime in. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm going to, I, I want to be like the protective dude. And I said, and, and, and then I said, you know what? I'm just, Whatever my wife needs to say, she needs to say this. I'm very, I'm actually interested. I said this on stage. I said, I'm interested in what my wife has to say about this because we've actually never had this conversation. And she said, honestly, I think you need to check your relationship on how you feel about men. Because let me tell you this. I never assume bad intent with my husband. And most people... Most people start off in their relationship by assuming bad intent of disrespect or disregard or demeaning when I'll tell you right now, if you see my husband behind the scenes and you see how hard he works, what he does behind the scenes, who he is to me behind the scenes, who he is in our marriage behind the scenes, who he is for our team behind the scenes, the sleepless nights, the the extra mile going the final percent every now and then if he is coming in and he just came out of a workout needs to put his suit on and get to another meeting and every now and then he forgets to get them in the hamper if I can take 15 seconds or actually less than that and just put them in the hamper and not say anything to him because I know what his intent actually is our family is going to run better. And she said, I learned early on, don't assume bad intent. And then sure, if it's a Saturday and we have a down day and he's getting out of the hot tub and it happens, yeah, I'm going to talk to him about it. But I do not assume bad intent because if you really, really understand who your mate is and how hard they work, what they're up to, if you choose to just help out when you can, because she says at the end of the day, I I actually didn't have anything to do for an hour or an hour and a half. So sure, I'll help out because there's so many times I know he does the same for me. He picks up the, the pieces. He'll go and get me coffee in the morning. He, you know, for an entire year uh, in the pregnancy, I mean, she had coffee and breakfast in the morning before she got up. And so that, that was my job. I would just immediately get up. I would leave. I would either make it or I would go get it. And so it's, it's assuming good intent or it's assuming that they were fighting a battle that you knew nothing about. And I just thought it was so interesting how fast she not only diffused this person, but really, really coached them. And it was, it was, it was really interesting because that same person six months ago or six months later said that one conversation changed all of my relationships, not just romantically, because I would always assume bad intent. And sometimes people weren't even thinking about it. They weren't expecting me to pick it up. They weren't expecting me to do it. They just were either too busy or they were trying to, they, they had their own stuff. And I think distinctions, perspective shifts, and awareness is just so important on being able to see the other side. And, and so that was a huge breakthrough for me. And quite frankly, one of the things that happened for me after my I saw my wife say this and how much respect she had for me, I went the extra mile. I went the final percent on how can I get this stuff in the hamper? Because I did like, I was like, yeah, yeah. Be like, I want to do, like, I want to honor her more now. Right? I want to do it even more. And so, and that's, and that's, if you look at how people, you know, tend to, to work when they're honored, respected, appreciated, seen, you know, you want to help them even more. And we get so much more like, I'll tell you right now, if I made $10,000 right now, 
or if I gave $10,000, like, you know, in, in Africa, you know, building a well for the village, giving a, a well feels so much better than getting $10,000. So I, that's what I love your heart when I, you know, you're, you're a gadget guy, just like I am. And we talk about technology, but we also talk about how can I take responsibility for building homes? How can I take responsibility for helping these people? How can I take responsibility for educating people to get to the next level of their life? And it and usually it's an awareness problem. It's not a want to problem. It's not even a drive problem, a motivation problem. It's really an awareness. They just don't see a path on how to get there. And I think that that's, that's one of the really important things that podcasts like this can do. It, it It's a structure of exchange. We're exchanging ideas for change. And the, and the more often you can get in a structure of exchange for change, you are really going to see fulfillment happen and you're going to see people's life change. And the more lives you change, the more your life changes. And I, and, and that's why I just, I love talking with you, you know, let's talk a little bit about scaling businesses. So, you know, let's get into a little bit, you know, what, what did you do in your past? And then what was your kind of awaken uh, your awakening moment to come into this chapter of your life? Because, you know, you were a pretty high level uh, person in, you know, understanding business, business dynamics and, and growth and economics. And I promise you, you like math more than I do. Um, maybe not I like, like but, math, but I you only like math when I... you certainly understand it better. So uh, <laughs> But, you I know, only like math when it works around money. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah, the economics, like you're an economics master. So I'm just, I'm really interested in, you know, talk a little bit about the roots of, you know, what you did for a long time. And then what was that kind of epiphany awakening moment to come into this part of your life? Yeah. And so I grew up on a farm in Northwest Indiana. You know, my dad died when I was 12. I took over the farm, worked before school, after school. That's where I got my work ethic from, right? I started working from the day I could walk. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I was raised in a, in a community that you were, uh, a, your sort of sense of value was by what you produce in the world. Yeah. And so I was always a very big uh, uh understanding of, of, Hey, I need to, I need to contribute somehow, some shape. So, and so, you know, I, I really didn't want to go to college. I didn't really value education while I was in high school. I, but I loved working. I love working with my hands. I love working on the farm and I was just going to be a farm kid the rest of my life. And, you know, that's still a passion of mine. I want to be the largest landowner in, in the United States and have ranches and tractors and all that stuff. But that stuff takes money. Like to be a farmer these days, you need to you need to have millions and millions of dollars to, to 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 do anything of great magnitude. And so I started looking around. I was like, well, who has money, right? And so at the age of eighteen, after I graduated college, I had this mindset of I want to travel the world, help people, and make a lot of money. And that's still what I'm doing today. And just at a you know, I just want to go at a bigger scale. And so I started looking around, and it was business people and investors that were able to live that life that I wanted. And so I started asking everyone, well, how do I become a business person? How do I become an investor? And they said, well, go to school, Zach. And so I went to Indiana University. Uh, uh, I got a double degree in business and economic, or business and finance. Graduated at the top of my class. I was I was uh, 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 actually tutoring the MBA students in finance because I just, man, I just so soaked this stuff up. I saw it as the opportunity to get to where I want if I can understand money. Uh, worked in corporate America. What I really wanted to do was work for hedge funds and private equity, buying failed businesses, turning them around, creating a difference in that business and creating value. Mm. And I had zero connections and I had zero social skills. I was socially awkward. I would break out in a sweat. I remember when I first joined the community that we're a part of, I would, for the first three years, I would just look down anytime somebody approached me. Cause I did not know how to have a conversation with them. And I did not want to have a conversation because I had such an anxiety around people. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I started in this world of personal development and I just started taking little things here, you know, let me greet people at the front door, sweating through my clothes because I was so scared, mm-hmm. but I did it. And then I greeted people and sat them down. And then I helped Bob Tierney, which we both know, you know, facilitate his mastermind. I just kept growing and evolving and, you know, what I've learned over time is, uh, well, let me rephrase that. What I've tried is I've tried to do it all. 
And so I've, I've, I'm able to clean the toilets. I'm able to be the guy at the front of the room. I'm able to be the guy leading from the back of the room and training other people. I've pretty much done everything inside of this because I had to, because I didn't have the, the, the finances to, to, to hire somebody to do it. And I've spent so much money on programs to learn how to scale a business on every aspect from operations to sales to marketing. And the challenge I always faced was when I outsourced these projects, you know, such as marketing or, or sales or whatever it was, is everyone pointed the finger at somebody else. And I just, I just wanted somebody to solve my problem and, you know, take stuff off of, off of my table. And so what I've spent over the last six years learning is how to, I, I have a business where we have our own CRM software company. So I use the same CRM in everything we do. I have a, a a team in the marketing, right? We run, we we know how to do marketing on Facebook, Google, YouTube, retargeting, all of that. I have a team that develops sales teams from appointment setters to closers mm. to, uh, and then I have a business development and uh, VA staffing company that goes and finds me talent because I was paying twenty five hundred to three grand for headhunters to go find me a talent to fill the job, and then I had, you know, and it was. And so I just started a business. And so I had these key components, right, of these different businesses uh, in their mind. I control them. And so I can scale any business now. And so that's something I'm really passionate about. And I have people giving me half of their businesses to bring what I do in and mm. scale it because they can't afford somebody like me. Uh, or, or, you know, what I mean, because I couldn't by affording anybody like that. Mm -hmm. And I'll take full responsibility from the process from how do we get the lead to how do we close it to how do we fulfill on the promise of that? And I have two companies right now that we're doing that. And so, you know, whatever their best trailing 12 months are, anything above that, I get half of it That's so and to bring in my sales. And so what I've I, I've learned to operate on a shoestring budget. So we have teams. In the, Philipp uh, in the Philippines, I have a, a team in uh, Venezuela, Peru, um, oh my God, New Zealand, uh, uh, Rwanda, Bangladesh, India. And so I have these teams of talented people mm. all around the world. Uh, I have a CFO, uh, a fractional CFO accounting team. They're in the United States. They help, you know, I, that's my trade. I'm a published author in the finance world. And so what I do is I just delegate and then I, I check, check the process. And, you know, and the other thing I do, which I think is instrumental, and I think uh, uh, this is what I've really learned to keep the bus moving, is I sit down with each of my team members and I ask them what they want out of life. Mm. And I'm like, okay, I get that you're working for me or with me or a lot, what, however, you know, the conversation is. But I said, what do you want out of life? And you know, I have people, they start crying. They're like, no one's ever asked me that. Oh my goodness. Right. And so it's like I find out what they want. And then I find a position inside of my company to help them get that. Mm -hmm. I figure out how you know their goals. Some most of them want to travel like me. Uh there's our one team member. She's like, Zach, I just want a house with a bathtub. Mm. <laughs> right? And so uh wow. Right. That's like for somebody that's like, you know, she they they lived in Venezuela. And they're they're the, some of the most hardest working individual I met, and they take personal responsibility for their for what they produce in the world. Wow. And we pay them, we overpay them. I I have no problem overpaying them by the standard. You know, it's way overpaying them by the standard of of what a lot of you know uh, outsourcing companies do. But then I take that extra step and I say, how can I help you get what you want through you supporting me? Yeah. And so now it's not they're working for me and my vision but we're working together for our visions. And the more you help me, the more I can help you. And exactly. that is the piece that I think has really made the biggest difference and really gets them excited to show up to work every day yeah. because they're not working for my vision anymore. They're working for their vision. So one of the, one of the things uh, that I actually talk a lot about um, that you're talking about, and I touched on it at the beginning is, so you help people skip over entrepreneurship and you turn them into an intrapreneurship or an intrapreneur. And that's someone who acts like an entrepreneur, takes personal responsibility inside of another organization that has a common vision and you do it naturally. And it's just, it's, it's fun to hear that happen, you know, on another side of things. And that's just, you know, more of cut from the same cloth, 
law of attraction because you know when when you were telling me some of the things in Africa that you that are kind of your core principles and values I was like do you listen to my podcast did you study me before we were going to hang out and it's just it's really refreshing knowing that this is such a um such a foundational cornerstone that's the word I'm looking for a cornerstone for so many people that I respect because they all have you know these common ingredients everyone kind of has their own way of saying it and delivering it but these ingredients are the same and if we look at okay what is the outcome what are we trying to if if this is a cake what are we baking you know we're baking success and success right. takes very specific things you know consistency people leadership management and you know and that's one of the things that i think is important for people to understand is when i'm talking to young people um often you know when i get hired to go in and consult i did a ton of stuff for american express for a while and one of the things that would happen is all of the employees would really really complain about the managers and the way that i would help them understand i say look you guys don't get paid the same here's why you get paid for your time they get paid for their decisions and that's the big thing that i think entrepreneurs need to understand, am I in an employee mode? There you're getting paid for your time. Am I in a manager mode? I'm getting paid for my decisions. Or are you a real leader? A leader gets paid for their thoughts. And that's the first thing that I'll tell people when I come in and I'm supposed to, you know, do a shakeup or, or training culture setting, whatever it is that they hired me to do. I'll say, look, I'm paid for my thoughts. I'm going to give you a bunch of thoughts. I'm going to give you a bunch of things to think about. And then your management is going to have to make some decisions. And then the employees are going to have to carry it out. So you have to understand, I take responsibility for my thoughts because I can back up why I'm giving you this thought, why I think it can help. But the problem is if you don't make the decisions, it's not going to work. I can't take responsibility for your actions and your decisions because I gave you the right thoughts. I gave you best practices. I gave you motivation, inspiration, faith, hope, courage. And that's the big thing that I think a lot of people are trying to do when they talk to people like us. And, and I love that you've talked how important coaching is because I I, I, I'm not even going to pontificate on that subject because I can just say, rewind, listen to everything Zach said. Just imagine me saying it because that's how I feel too. Um, but when we hire coaches, a lot of times people think they're hiring a therapist. Therapists and therapy give you comfort. Coaches give you courage. We're not trying to get comfortable because you're probably in the situation and you're probably slowing down and you're probably scared and you probably don't make as much money as you could. Why? Because you're too comfortable. So don't come to me seeking more comfort. It is absolutely not going to happen. What I will do is I'm going to give you courage to actually step into who you should have been a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, so that we can actually, you know, that old Chinese proverb, when's the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago, second best time right now. At some point, you have to have the courage to take a step to move forward on something that you've been scared to do for far too long, but usually it's environmental. You're not taking the step because you're feeling judged or you don't feel equipped or you're not aware. So what if you get into the right environment, and that's why I loved going on uh, the trip to Africa. And, you know, I, for whatever reason, and this is why I, I've, I've really made a lot of people mad. Like my brother, when I was younger, he literally called me the golden child. Cause he's like, everything just works out for you. No, I just take more action. I have more conversations and I just show up. I continually show up when people ask, you know, when I'm about to step on stage, what do you want us to call founder of this? You know, you created colleges. No, all I want you to do is say, I'm a perseverance expert. So that's awesome. The, the thing that happened is somehow I had the distinct pleasure, honor and privilege of getting trapped in a safari vehicle with Bob Snyder for like 13 hours every single day for like 12 days straight. 
and he is the founder of of Renatus, the 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 company that we just really love and support. And so here's what happened when I went on this trip, and I'll tell you, there was a lot of people mad in the community because inside inside the the community, you can be a certain level of this, that, or the other. I was barely barely three star going on this trip and i had people i'm going to these meetings and i'm doing this that and the other and they're like how are you getting it how is that even possible why are you doing it oh yeah and then and they gave me they gave me this this phrase i love this phrase they said well that must be nice well here's my message to anybody who ever says well that must be nice it is and it was <laughs> fantastic <laughs> But here's the difference between me and them. I was barely three star, barely. Um, but as of yesterday, because I made a decision, I'm already five star. That's in, awesome. In two in two weeks, why? Because I made a decision, and I got excited because I finally knew the who behind the company. And I'll tell you, I thought that Bob Snyder was a good guy going to Africa. He's a thousand times the person that I thought he was. And I'll tell you, if there's a level of integrity in a human being, countless times and time and time again, he showed me the integrity and it just made me absolutely understand and fall in love in what's possible with equipping people with the right environment, equipping people with the right tools, the, co the right community, the right education. And, you know, I, I had a ton of fun being in there and and you know quite frankly if you're going to spend 13 hours in a car with anybody you're probably going to become a fan of their brand uh so that happened and likewise with him even before being what's called a five star which is you know recognizes someone who's really really committed in in the mission of equipping people with the right education um he asked me to come speak in Costa Rica which then everybody, especially when I came back and everyone was asking, hey, uh, like, why are you speaking in Costa Rica? Again, you're not even this. You're not even that. And I'm just like, I don't know. I just he said he asked. I said, yes, it's just the way it went. And then they go, well, it must be nice. Well, it was it, it is. And now I'm, I'm bringing Salo, my videographer to Costa Rica, my assistant to Costa Rica, my wife to Costa Rica, my infant to Costa Rica. I'm coming to Costa Rica. Um, and then two of my clients from Canada are flying in because they're really, really excited to see the leadership retreat and be around the community because that's really what changes. And, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll speak, you know, the first part of this and I'll let Zach close us out. But the big thing that I think changes everyone is so many people are addicted to how. And if you realize how is you know, if anyone wants to know what tyranny means, tyranny is oppressive government. A lot of people don't want to be a part of a, a, an oppressive government. The tyranny of the mind is the word how, because the dots only connect looking backwards. They don't connect looking forwards. And, you know, if I asked Zach, you know, 20 years ago, do you think this is who and what you'd be doing, who you are and all that stuff today? He'd go, no way. I, I'm a different person. But we spend so much time, how, how, how am I going to do this? How am I going to become this person? How am I going to get this thing? How am I going to go on that trip? But the real, real secret sauce of life is the who. And it's the same letters. If you look at it, how hilarious is that? It's like God's playing a little joke on us. It's the same letters. You you just re, you, you rejigger the word how, turn it into who, and you're going to start finding success. This is why, because how only shows up in two places. It shows up if you go talk to someone who's done it or after you've already done it. It actually never shows up before those two moments. That's the only way it happens. And that's the thing that I just, I found so refreshing you know i'm in africa on this on this five star uh winner's circle trip that people won and and worked their butts off to to win and i'm thinking oh man i'm going to i'm going to be around influencers or i'm going to be around a bunch of pretentious a holes or i'm going to be around <laughs> you know it's, it's i mean i just i've been i've been to 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 seminars and and trips like that before and i'm just like i i'm i know bob tierney's not like that so i'm like if nothing else he's gonna be like my teddy bear i'll be safe around him every single person without exception 
is absolutely world-class. And it was just so different than any other organization I'd been around. And the community is what changes everything. And it's the who that continues to change my life. And just like, you know, right now I have a $4 million house. 12 years ago, I moved to Denver and I was homeless. How in the world do you go from homeless to a $4 million house? That, that shouldn't be possible, but it was. But here's the thing. If I would have been working my butt off, if I moved here and I'm homeless and I said, I want a $4 million house, I want a $4 million house, I would actually still be working for a $4 million house. But no, what I chose to do is I became someone who did something that oops a $4 million house. I never actually tried to get, a. I didn't want a big house. I just wanted a house with a view. And we accidentally kind of fell into this house through a series of very interesting events. And that is what life is all about. When the opportunity presents itself, are you who you need to be at that moment to take action and do the thing that you need to do? Because Zig Ziglar said it very well when he said, you have to be before you can do, do before you can have. But I changed it a little bit. And I said, the equation of life is be plus do equals have. So therefore, if I have this house now, it actually has nothing to do with having anything because having is a byproduct of who you are, what you've become, and what you have been able to do. So therefore, if you become more, you achieve more. After you achieve more, you just become more. Having is just a byproduct. It's just kicking off cool things. And now we, you and I, have become people who attract people like us to get on podcasts and share ideas and challenge people and speak and have fun and equip and go change lives. And so, and it's all about the who. So if anybody is wondering, yeah, that Greg, you know, I know you said, I don't want to, I, I, I shouldn't say this, but yeah, must be nice to have a $4 million house. Well, number one, yes, you are right. It is. But here's the thing. I became who I needed to be to do the things I needed to do. But so many people, and here's the thing, they focus so hard on their to-do list. Oh, I needed to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. And they get militant. But guys, B precedes do. So I challenge you along the, the to-do list, make a to-be list and be grateful, be a learner, be kind, be loving, be appreciative, be a creature of action, be, be a creature of curiosity. And I guarantee you, you are going to start having more as a byproduct. But if having is your only objective, you're working the equation of life backwards. And that's why you're still on a hamster wheel. So with that being said, I want you to give us a little bit of your, you know, why who is so powerful for you. I would just rewind the last five minutes. God, I was, I, mean, I was going to be like, I'm going to say this, and you covered it. I was going to say this, and, you and so, and so, but I do want to add, you know, with about the being. Yeah. And that is, so I, I was such a tactical guy. Right? I have read so much. I can run. Oh my gosh, my mind around finance and evaluation and, and just understanding risk and business, and uh, you know, in relationship to be, and one of the most dangerous words is because, right. Mm. And we were, we were talking about this last night on our training. Why can't you have something? Because, I don't know, fill in the blank. I want this, but I can't have it because. Oh, I and love so, it. Oh, my goodness. And so whatever it is after that is what's holding them back. Like, oh, I, I, I can't do this because I don't have enough time. No, you don't have time management skills or you don't have whatever it is. I don't have this because I don't have enough money. No, it's because you don't have the education. You know, there's yeah. all whatever proceeds because or, or follows because is wow. whatever is holding you back. And so I want to challenge people to transform because into be cause in your life. Ooh. And so if you're being cause in your life, it brings it back to that thing we first started off with personal responsibility. And so if you don't have whatever it is, or you aren't the person that you, whoever you need to be, be cause in your life and go become that person. Oh, and then, so right. And then go do the things to get the stuff. And I will tell you from a guy that wanted to quit my job, I met that and then it was boring. And then I wanted to become a, a, a business owner, got that, then it became boring. 
there's so much value in in the phrase of enjoy the the journey because once we get somewhere you know um for at least my experience it's cool but i i like i like challenge i like being like that pressure of taking something on and just you know happiness exists right now yes it right does. and so most of us want that house the money whatever it is that we want we want it because it's going to bring us happiness it's going to bring us joy it's going to bring us a feeling and that feeling can be, be produced instantly with a state of mind right now. Yes. And if you're operating every day in that state of mind of happiness and joy and abundance and whatever it is that you think that personal stuff is going to bring you, mm -hmm. I'm telling you, you can have it all right now. And so be cause in your happiness, be cause in your joy of your life, be cause in your family, be cause in whatever it is that lights you up. And uh, you can have it right now, man. Dude, there's no better way to wrap it up than what you just did i so you know this is why i love having conversations with high level people because because like he you are causing this it's so good oh my goodness that is so good um you know and you're probably very similar as i read books you know they all kind of seem like they're regurgitating and repackaging different versions of things and it is just so refreshing to to talk to someone who is giving me new stuff and really making me think. And I'll tell you, that is, I think if anyone, if anyone listens to just one part of it, it's that little, you know, three or four minute segment about, you know, understanding you, your excuses of the because, and then you becoming the cause that you need in your life. Zach, Thank you so much for taking the time being a part of the final percent podcast. And, you know, there is a hundred percent chance, literally I will go the final percent in this mission that I am going to just nag you to get on my podcast often because you are so needed and necessary in the world today. And I just, I love your perspective and your view on life. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart, man. I really appreciate it. No nagging necessary. I'm, I I love hanging out with people that, you know, it's challenging our belief system. And once we start questioning the beliefs that we have, it starts opening the possibility for something new. So I just want to challenge people to think. Yep. So thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, this has been the final percent podcast with Indiana Ullman. Where can they see that website that you're building about your travels? I want IndianaOlman.com. So Indiana it's, yeah, it's by... It's spelled Indiana Ullman, Ullman just so everyone gets it right. O-E-H-L-M-A-N.com. So Indiana like the state. And it's, you know, I, I took it off of uh, Indiana Jones. And I yeah. was like, he lived an adventurous life. I want to live an adventurous life around all aspects of around my marriage, around business, around travel. And it's just a space for me to put my thoughts down and really share what we're up to and creating in the world. Guys, and I'll tell you, this guy is worth checking out his, when he's saying i mean he lives he really really li like there's a lot of people who are good at talking but they don't you know walk the walk you know he's he's good at talking uh but however he's out there running like i'll tell you guys right now he actually is better than you think he is and and i guarantee you you you're thinking man i gotta i gotta check this guy out the more you spend time with him, the more you get in into kind of his his ethos, you are just going to appreciate and he brings a ton of value. So check out that website, subscribe to anything that he has, because I absolutely co-sign uh, anything that he's doing just because I got to spend time with him behind the scenes and he is the real deal. And he is absolutely TFP approved. So thank you so much, Zach. I will see you next time. Final percent